The following audio drama is rated NC-17, for no can do if you're 17, 18, or even 21 in some states or younger. In other words, the producers of this show didn't want to be burdened with things like morality or clothes. Last time on Gaia's Voyages. Gabriel and Mycroft make a desperate run for Gaia's computer core. Too many to fight alone. Then give me a weapon and I'll fight with you. Yeah, like I'm about to trust you. You have no choice if you have any chance of saving her. Gaia can stop this. Elizabeth and Armorock continue their suicidal fight against Gervais. Give up, Captain. Give in and I'll make it quick. Keep fighting and I'll see that all on this ship are destroyed and keep you alive long enough to see every single death. Ah! Oh, I'll pass. Thanks. I'd much rather see you destroyed. And the firestorms dodge lightning bolts as Desdemona and Chervais face off. Let's finish it then. Bye-bye, Desi. You always were a snobbish, hedonistic bitch with far too many romance issues that you couldn't see when a man truly loved her if he was sticking his ass in her face. Oh, really? My little twin sister is going to give me romantic advice? I should kill you for that alone! Broken Sea Audio Productions presents Gaia's Voyages only at www.brokensea.com In the 26th century, Earth thrives after recovering from nearly total ecological catastrophe. To prevent similar disasters from happening on other worlds, Earth and the Galactic Confederation built a massive interstellar arc, the zooship Gaia. Commanded by Captain Elizabeth Monroe, Gaia's mission is to protect wildlife and habitats on worlds throughout the galaxy. Gaia also has a hidden mission, known to only a select few. Society needs those who are willing to use whatever methods are necessary to eliminate threats to the Confederation that are so evil and dangerous they cannot be stopped in any other fashion. We are those who face the monsters who go bump in the night. You do not want to know what we do or how we do it. You simply want the monster under the bed to disappear. We are the ones who make that happen. Who are we? Well, if I told you, I just might have to kill you. Everything has a price, you know. We are Black Operations. And now... The adventure continues. Gaia's Voyages, Episode 10, Part 1. What Happens in Vegas. Okay, Commander Becky. Hey, let's play glove puppets. I can be Maddie, and 
and you can be Amazel. It's Beckett, and why can't I be the Tweezel? Because I'm going to be the Tweezel! It's one of the few times in my life I get to feel big, Commander! Don't ruin it for me! But that puppet is almost bigger than you are. That's why I wear it over my head! Oh, very well. I'll play the Amazon puppet then. Do you think that Captain Lizzie will be waking up soon? She should wake up any time now, Natty. Oh, good. I made her lots of pictures. I can tell. You've posted them all over the walls. They're quite beautiful. Now, shall we play? <laughs> so you look so silly because your legs and your tail are sticking out. I am not Amazon. I am the fearsome Tweezel and I have come to knock your head off. <laughs> I'm running. Look out, Natty. Duck. Commander ah! Becky, that does not sound like Amazon. Try to scream again. Uh, what? You're supposed to scream like this. Is that really necessary? Yep. Go on. Oh, very well. And who was screaming? Natty bought them for you to keep you company while you were getting better. Amazo? Is that you? Why are you wearing a glove puppet of all things? We were playing Tweezle Attack. I played Natty, Amazo played as Tweezel, and Commander Becky played Amazo but didn't do this hey girly scream so well. I did not scream girly! <laughs> yes, you did. You not! Amazon screams like a little girl. Amazon screams like a little girl. Do not! Yes, you do. All right, you two, that's enough. Let the captain up, Natty, and go tell your mama that she's awake, please. Yes, Commander Becky. Hey, I can't get this thing off! Here, let me help you with that. Thanks, Commander! Natty, wait for me! So, you're not good at screaming girly, eh? <laughs> Just between you and I, Mike, I don't know that I would go and put that on your resume. Shall I be needing a job soon? Not if I have anything to say about it. By the stars, there are stuffed animals everywhere. And I've never seen Medbay's walls quite so covered with crayon. Well, Natty was worried and wanted to make sure you got better, so she brought you a new picture and stuffed animal every day. Quite adorable, really. She'd come every night after her lessons and sit and tell you about her day and the, about the picture she drew. She even made the stuffed animals do funny voices. <laughs> I wish I'd been awake to hear it. How long was I out anyway? A month. What, what, a month? You've been in the cushy chair an entire month? Please tell me that the ship hasn't fallen apart. Ha ha, very funny. Uh, let's look at your track record, shall we? Supernova incinerates much of the outer hull, more hull is ripped off going through a blind jump gate, Gaia loses main power, an assassin comes on board, I fight a duel with a randy musketeer, terrorists board and cause chaos, Gaia gets infected by a virus, and Desdemona to insister goes nuclear, taking out a good two square miles of hull. 
What can I say, Beefeater? At least we haven't been bored. Come here, you. Don't you ever do that to me again, you hear me? Mmm. <laughs> you know what, Beefeater? If I didn't know better, I'd think you were worried about me. Of course I worry about you when you go off and do full stunts like taking on an insane Thylora single-handed. Armorak was there too, you know. He's about as useless against a Thylora as you are. He saved my life, Mike. Just so that he can kill you personally someday. <sighs> you can't please everybody, Mike. Armorak is what he is, but I like him anyway. Probably because I see so much of myself in him. That doesn't make any sense, Elizabeth. You're not supposed to like the person who wants to kill you. Oh, my life hasn't made any sense since our university days, Beefeater. I've been thinking about that. I didn't want to believe you when you said you were an assassin. I didn't want to believe any of it, but... I saw it. You killed as easily as Almarok did, and enjoyed it. Perhaps not as much as he does, but you still liked it. Hearing your best friend is an assassin and seeing it are two different things. Mike, it's hard to know what to say. Do I like killing? Yes. I wish by all the stars that I didn't, but I do. It's one of the reasons I left. I don't understand that. Killing is such a horrible act to be undertaken only as a last resort. You're a good person. The Elizabeth I knew in university just couldn't. Black Ops changed all that, Mike. When on a mission, I could do what I needed to do to get the job done. And in the heat of battle, it was the only time after Gabriel that I actually felt alive. It was afterwards that the remorse would sink in and I'd remember what I once was. I'd think of you and what you might think of me if you only knew what I was. It held me back. I spared those I could. I promise you I did. <sighs> Those that they would let me spare, anyway. Are you saying I was your conscience? You always have been. It wasn't easy at first to kill, but every mission made it easier and easier until it had almost stopped bothering me and I stopped remembering their faces. If you kill someone, you should at least remember them. But why didn't you tell me? All these years, Elizabeth, a decade, and I never knew about any of this. I could have helped you. I couldn't tell you, Mike. You weren't cleared for it for one thing, and for another, I didn't want to risk them getting their claws into you, too. I care about you too much for that. You're my white knight, Beefeater. White knights don't join the dark side. They fight it or they are shattered by it. You're not evil. No? <laughs> well, I'm certainly not good. <sighs> I've needed you, Mike. I've always needed you, and I always will. You're what I could have been, and you're the best friend I'll ever find. And I was afraid. Afraid? Afraid that if I told you, even after I left, that if you knew what I was, what I could do, what I did, that you'd look at me and see only a monster, and then, then I'd know I truly was one. I didn't want to risk losing you two. I couldn't bear it. Well, I can understand that. I might not like the fact that you thought you couldn't come to me, but you can come to me with anything. You should know that by now. I can't say that I'm ready to handle it all at once. My world has been turned upside down by this. I look at you and sometimes I wonder if I ever knew you at all. You do know me, Mike. 
You're just finding out that there's more to me than you thought. Sorry, I'm coming to understand. In any case, Gaia is in space dock and undergoing repairs. Andomo says you're completely well and fit for duty. There's minimal scarring, mainly on your hands and arms, and as you can see, but those will fade in time. And Gabriel? He's still on board. It turns out he really was working with Intel. And they discovered overlooked messages that he did send out to try and warn us. He did all he could. He's been let out of the brig. I don't want to see him. You shouldn't have to. Your superiors have called us to Vegas. You, me, and Armorok. Las Vegas. <sighs> well, I knew it would happen sooner or later. Though I don't know why they want you. That's pretty much the last place I would ever want to take you. <sighs> but it can't be helped. Give me a chance to clean up and get a good meal and then we'll head down. Straight into the lion's den. Ah, Vegas. It's been a long time since I hunted here. You're not here to hunt, Amarok. True. But one can always dream. Follow my lead, boys, and speak only when spoken to. Armrock, be as secretive as you can be without making them suspicious. I want them to know as little about your abilities as possible. I'm no lab rat for them to experiment on. Exactly. But they're going to try to make you their new toy. Well, I'm your toy instead of theirs. My oath ensures that. Why did you bring me anyway? Not my choice. They ordered me to bring you. By the way, thank you. You saved my life. <laughs> Don't thank me. I only saved you so someday I might have revenge upon you myself. I know. If I could, I'd free you, but that wouldn't do either of us any good. It's not too late, you know. Too late for what, Captain? To come back from the abyss. You were human once, Armrock. Your soul is not lost completely. Oh, please, Elizabeth. He was damned long ago. Are you trying to rescue me, Captain? Armrock, you're worth the effort. I'm not your friend, woman. You keep me tied to you with this oath and use me as your puppet, just as they have used you all these years. You dare to pity me? To think you can save me? I fight the fights that are worth fighting, Armrock. Pity you? Why would I pity you, Armrock? You don't deserve any pity any more than I do. The ones who deserve the pity are the ones we leave scattered to the winds. In your case, perhaps, but not in his. He doesn't kill for any lofty reason. He kills just because he likes it and feels hungry. Ask the steer what he thinks of you next time you have a cheeseburger, beefeater. I imagine he would label you as big a monster as you label me. You tie me to you with an oath and honeyed words. I could kill you at any time, and you couldn't stop me. I could with merely a word, Armorok. Perhaps, but you haven't given that word, and will not. Mm, so sweet. A mix of darkness and light. Yet the dark will win out. You fight against it, yet admit you know it will win. You only buy yourself time. 
Oh, she won't fall. I won't let her, and neither will the crew. <laughs> On the contrary, she'll take you all down with her. I don't believe that. Believe what you want, but it is the truth. <laughs> no, my sweet captain. Killing you now would be a mercy, and I am not one who is ever merciful. No, little captain, you shall live a very long life indeed. And I will train you and aid in your fall and corruption. That is almost revenge enough. But I warn you, the final revenge will be mine. And you will rue the day you ever saved me. You're afraid, Amarok, even though you won't admit it to yourself, even in your darkest nightmares. Afraid that I'm right, and you might just have a heart to lose after all. <laughs> Come on, the bigwigs await. I was beginning to think the lift would never stop. How far down are we? You don't want to know, Mike. Come on, we have to present ourselves for inspection. I don't like being unarmed, Captain. I was ordered to bring you unarmed. It seems they don't trust you or your word. I can't imagine why. Can it, Commander? You two play nice. That's an order to you both. You got to keep all your weapons. It's to be expected. I'm a loyal member of the staff, after all. A fine assassin I would be if I went anywhere unarmed. I feel like I've walked into a hollow of it. Long corridors going on into the distance with nameless doors scattered about, sensors watching our every step and no doubt recording our every word, and assassins. You get used to it after a while. Ah, here we are. Yes? Wildfire reporting is ordered, with Commander Beckert and Armorock attending. Wildfire? Codename, it's the hair. I didn't choose it. And your temper. Shh! Come in. Arbiter is expecting you. Wait a minute. I recognize you. You're Brian's got secretary. James Addison. Boomer, actually. Arbiter will see you now. He's Ryan's god, isn't he? Of course, Captain. I gained the position after the former Arbiter committed suicide. Nasty business, that. Addison takes the alien assassin and put him through his paces as well as full medical tests. I want to know everything about him. Lay one finger upon me and you shall die in agony. What? Armrock is one of my crew and sworn only to me, Arbiter. He is not a subject for experimentation and follows my orders only. You will not be poking, prodding, or otherwise examining him. I have already made our medical records and scans of him available. That will have to do. That is insubordination, Captain Monroe. You do realize who put you in command in the first place? The Ops, of course. That was made very clear to me in your briefing after we left for Tuperi. But I am still captain of the zooship Gaia, and it is my sworn duty to protect my crew, and I will do so. We left you in the regular military too long, it seems. We shall have to break you of these tedious notions of yours. 
That would take time, and you still would not gain anything. What I will not do is deliver any of my crew into your hands. I am Black Ops, yes, but they are not. Ah, I had such high hopes for Commander Beckett here. Me? Oh, yeah. We had our eyes on both you and the captain here, yet it was decided you were too uh, honorable to be come after without considerable effort. She proved much easier, especially after we paid that cheerleader to seduce her lover away from her. If she hadn't proved so tractable, then we would have taken you instead. You what? You didn't know. <laughs> quite amusing. He never knew actually, but it proved quite successful. You were so eager to embrace a life of death and destruction. You do know. Someday I'm going to kill you for that. You would be dead the moment you tried. You know how well defended this base is, and we have only upgraded the protections after your leave of absence. You, of course, know it makes no difference. You belong to us now, and you will belong to us until you die. Now you have brought the commander to us as well. No, he is mine, and you won't be touching him or any other member of my crew. Then let me make something perfectly clear. You are to follow my orders and undergo the psychic assassin training. Yes, I know you are psychic. We have always known. You will take a team up to Gaia and use her to her intended purpose as an instrument of death. If you defy me in any way, large or small, I will take the commander and break him piece by little piece till you don't even recognize him and he is beyond saving. Ah, perhaps I'll send him to kill you and when I'm done with him, he'll do it. Do I make myself clear? Yes, sir. Good. I see we have come to an understanding then. Your team will consist of Boomer, whom you have already met. He is an explosives expert and will also act as your personal secretary to keep an eye on you. In addition, you will have Hakon Deathwalker, one of our jacking order. They are rather good at sheer killing and mayhem. Sullivan Sparks Gregory is your hacker and tech physician, while a blast of Dunstan is your munitions expert. That man knows more about various weaponry than most and is skilled with all of them. CLC-69, Seduction and Elimination Robotic Cybernetic Intelligence, CLC for short, also known as Succubus, is as her name states, an expert at seduction and assassination. And of course, there is your old partner, Alistair Dumer. He will be your second in the squad. Alistair, eh? All right. I'll accept the team. I'll see what they can do, and when training is done, I'll take them up. As ordered, sir. Very good, Captain. Your ship should be repaired in a further two months. Until then, you shall remain here. Commander Beckett will go back up to the Gaia to assume command, and if he values his life and yours, will act as if nothing is wrong. Understood? Yes, sir. Good. Take a few days to enjoy the city, Commander. It would be suspicious if you did not take a bit of shore leave. Take him to the casinos, Captain. But first, meet your team and settle in. Your old quarters have been readied with everything we should need.
That absolute bastard. He was serious. He'd really do that to me. Of course he would. Damn it! The old Arbiter was bad, but this one is worse. Now you see why I never told you. I didn't want them to get their claws into you. Shit. I didn't think I was already too late. You do realize that they are listening to every word that we say. <laughs> oh, they know that I'll be pissed. He expects it. Elizabeth, don't. I, I'm not worth... Don't say it, Mike. If you're not, nobody is. <sighs> you're both are going to absolutely hate this, but Armrock, you're his full-time bodyguard until I say otherwise, and I want his trading increased. Elizabeth, I'll be safe on Gaia. You do know how to take the fun out of life, Captain. Though, beating up on him does have its... Attractions. I'm serious, Mike. You need to know how to fight, now more than ever. They won't like my not staying with you. That's just tough. Be on your best behavior, Armrock. I'm serious. No games, no sabotage, no attacking my crew, no making trouble of any kind. Your priority, your only priority until I say otherwise, is to keep Mycroft safe and out of their hands. Now, get your asses to the surface and follow your orders. I'll meet up with you at the arranged time later. Next, you'll be asking me to dance. <sighs> Very well. I'll keep Commander Becky alive and well and train some sense into him. Be careful, Elizabeth, please. No promises, old friend, but I'll do my best. Damn them to hell. Well, 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 if it isn't Captain. Elizabeth Monroe. You better have a good reason to be sitting on my bed. I don't like strange men in my private quarters. They tend to end up dead and missing important body parts. Oh, saucy. You know, betting you just might be worth the risk. Some other time, though. I'm Alistair Dumar. I'm your new partner. Partner? I don't have a partner. I don't want a partner, and I don't need a partner. Especially not an insufferable man. I prefer magnetic to insufferable. But in this case, you need a partner, and you have one. Your wants make little difference since the orders come from Arbiter. You're new to this business, and a saucy redhead like you just might get herself hurt. And so I need the big, strong man to hold my hand and protect me, is that it? What sort of wilting flower do you take me for? When the shoe fits, I'm more than happy to wear it. I am quite capable of taking care of myself and of kicking your ass. Oh, just don't kick it too hard, my dear. You might wish to make use of it someday. Like hell I will. It was a pig-headed, egotistical male that led me here in the first place. Now, enough flirting. Down to business. <laughs> a challenge. Feisty as well. This is going to be fun. For now, though, we have a mission. Ha! My first one. I've been looking forward to this. What is it? Assassination, of course. It's time for your first kill. <sighs> you don't want to kill. I had hoped to avoid as many of the missions involving outright assassination as I could. Well, sorry to spoil your plans, my little strawberry, but Arbiter has decided... That's what you're going to be best at. You know, the killing does get easier after a while. That's what I'm afraid of. But there's no helping it. Who's the target? DME is proving 
pesky. They are doing research in one of their facilities, and it's our job to kill the lead scientist involved and destroy all the evidence. DMEA. Sounds fun. What's our entree? There's a high-class soiree that the scientist will be attending. You and I will be attending as a very rich married couple. We nab him, get his passcodes, then finish the rest of it off with a bang. So to speak. Married, eh? Oh yes, I've been quite looking forward to that part. <sighs> I suppose I can always gild you afterwards. <laughs> oh, that would be a pity, considering my skills in that area. Oh, I'm sure you are. Every man claims that. Enough flirting. We've got a kill to plan, you know. Oh, easy there. A bit unsteady on your feet, my love. Do take my arm. I'll find us some champagne. Was it good for you? It was very good for me. Ooh, just you wait till I get my revenge. <laughs> oh, my dear. I'm looking forward to it. Huh, you shouldn't be. You won't be any use to any woman ever again when I'm finished with you. <laughs> oh, champagne. Here, have some. This is quite the beautiful party, really. We'll have to attend such functions more often, I think. Indeed. And there's the guest of honor over at the bar. A man of science shouldn't drink so much. All the better for us, I think. Agreed. And while we let the good doctor drink himself further towards oblivion, shall we dance? Wait a minute. You can dance? Of course. What sort of secret agent would I be if I didn't? A very bad one. James Bond would be rolling over in his grave, though you do seem to have the sex part down pat. Compared to me, James Bond was a pansy. Now, get over here. Mmm, you're right. You can dance. As can you. <laughs> Ballroom dancing was a hobby of mine in university. Mmm, remind me to thank your dance instructor. You can't. He's dead. You're doing? Certainly not. Heart attack. Too bad. Oh, look over there. The doctor's looking lonely. Go pay him a visit, my dear. You have the nanites? Of course. He's a handsome one. Pity he doesn't prefer males or I'd give him a ride. Oh, really? But you just gave me a ride. I'll ride both, my dear. Now off with you. Hello there, Doctor. Might I buy you a drink? Beautiful. You can buy me whatever you like. I was hoping a pretty grass. <laughs> I mean, a pretty lass would come and keep me some company. Well then, your wish just came true. Bartender, pour him another. Why, thanks. I'm an poison man, you know. I think I've new ways to blow things up. How fascinating. How big a bang do you usually prefer? As big a bang as I can get! <laughs> Perhaps you'll be my prize for making the biggest bang in ghastly. I don't think you'll be doing any banging tonight, Doctor. You're far too drunk. Yeah, that's what you think. 
You're no fun. I'll just find myself a big bang elsewhere. <laughs> Good luck with that, Doctor. Oh, there you are, darling. Everything go well? Perfectly. Shall we go? Of course. They do have quite a bit of security, don't they? Well, it is an explosives factory, after all. Do you have the devices? Right here. The problem, though, might be getting close enough to set them. The problem is not quantity of devices, but placement. That place is full of explosives. Charges set in the right place will blow that place sky high and give the doctor his big bang. You deployed the nanites as planned? When the lech kissed me, yes. He'll die of a stroke by dawn. Such a shame, but too much alcohol stresses an old man, you know. <laughs> In addition, I swiped the old man's pass card while pushing him away. Brilliant. We can use the computer to forge ourselves pass cards based off the coding on his. We can just walk right in. DME is so huge, I doubt they'd discover us until it was far too late. <laughs> I'm far more than just a pretty face, Blackjack. Oh, I can believe that. Now let's get to it. Good thing we have DME lab uniforms in our luggage. Always pays to be prepared. Need some help with yours? Those zippers can be quite hard to get up. <laughs> I don't think so. You don't have getting me in my uniform on your agenda. Getting me out of it seems more likely. Come on, big boy. We've got a big bang to complete. Next time on Gaia's Voyages. The glimpse into Elizabeth's past continues as her first mission with Alistair takes a deadly turn. This place is so quiet this time of night, we should have little trouble. It would be better not to get caught, my dear. Elizabeth and Alistair meet their new team face to face. I'm Captain Elizabeth Monroe. Wildfire, and you are the newest grunts aboard the zoo ship Gaia. I'm a doctor and her partner, as well as a chemical weapons, disease, and poisons expert. Don't even think of going to me for mercy, because you won't get it. And back in the present, with her training over, Elizabeth, Mycroft, and Amarok relax at a bar and scope out the local nightlife. You're so precious. You're drinking tea. I'm British. We like tea. I like tea too, but teetotaler. You're in a bar. In bars, they drink alcohol. I don't like getting drunk in pubs. One never knows what's going to happen. That's kind of the whole point, Beefeater. Broken Sea Audio Productions presents Gaia's Voyages. Only at www.brokensea.com. Captain Bone Marrow here. Ah, the smell of the sea. I love it. 
But sometimes when a pirate's been out a plundering for something close to a year without a bath, then a pirate needs a strong, manly scent to cover up his own strong, manly scent and to entice the barmaids. That's why I use the Frequency of Fear. It has the refreshing scent of old-time radio, both sci-fi and horror, as well as Halloween novelty records and sci-fi and monster rock music. And if that weren't enough, there's the smell of adventure as the zombie astronaut and Dr. Despicable and Dr. Wilhelm von Martinez and the rest of them drag me pirate booty into some truly asinine situations. Since I've been using the frequency of fear, the lasses can't keep their hands off me. Oh! You chicken-fisted brute! That's a saucy one. So if you are a fan of horror and sci-fi old-time radio and Halloween novelty albums and the occasional sci-fi or monster rock song, not to mention truly, truly asinine situations, then tune into The Frequency of Fear. It's a smell you'll never get off ya. <laughs> Find the link to The Frequency of Fear at www.zombieastronaut.net. Gaia's Voyages, Episode 10, Part 1. What Happens in Vegas. Featuring the voice talents of... Elaine Barrett as Captain Elizabeth Monroe. David Ald as Commander Mycroft Beckert. Mark Kalita as Armorock, Callsign Ice. Natasha Damroth as Natty. Stevie K. Farnaby as Amazo. David Alexander McDonald as Admiral Reinsgott. And Michael Liebman as James Addison, Callsign Boomer. Introducing Tom Stitzer as Alistair DeMar, callsign Blackjack. Guest starring David Lemon as the Drunken Doctor. Written, cast, directed, produced, and engineered by Elaine V. Barrett. Original Gaia's Voyage's main title music by Sam Haft. Additional music by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Full details of the music used in this episode can be found at brokensea.com slash Gaia. This series is dedicated to everyone who has aided in environmental conservation, animal welfare, or disaster relief efforts around the world. Together, we can make a difference. For more behind-the-scenes information on Gaia's voyages, as well as other audio drama offerings, visit us on the web at BrokenSea.com Thanks for listening. Captain Becky, that does Commander. not... Commander Becky, that doesn't sound at all like James, though. What? Try to scream again. Not you. That's your line. Try to scream again. Oh, If she had not proved so tractable, then we would have taken you in. Thank you, try the wheel, and don't forget to tip your server.